Syria are fans everywhere. From our nation's capital, this is Cool of America. Welcome back, Curve Americans and Podcast Paisani. We are one week away from the official start of summer, and unfortunately, the official end of Syria. How are you guys doing with week 37 in the books? Well, you just bummed me out that we only have one week of the Syria with actually very little left at stake. That's right, but summertime. Except for one last final, I Hurrah. guess, just, just boozy Sunday afternoon. At least we get to get to go out with a with a hail toti celebration. Yeah, but the anxiety, man, it's just it's it's killing me right now. Oh, we're gonna have a great summer, guys. We've got LFO touring the states. Don't forget about them, and we've got Roma and Juve touring the states in the tournament of champion, the Cup of Champions, whatever they're calling it. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough not seeing like the Roma guys every weekend. I'm probably gonna get some withdrawals on that, and you know. At one point, I'll probably go over to like Nick Sementelli's house or Mike Gomet's house or something, and he's going to look like you know a beautiful mind with all the crap on the wall trying to track the transfer market, who Rome is going to get, <laughs> or some some way to come back to like Messi's coming or we're going to get Griezmann or somebody. Guys, I just honestly, until Roma gets that second place, they solidify that second place. I honestly don't want to think about anything else. Yep. I mean. Don't I want to think about Totti's retirement after that game. You know what I'm saying? Because it's it's Roma, Roma first over everything. We need to make sure we get that second place. I'm not bowing out to Porto next season and starting the 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 podcast with uh, uh, Roma did it again. Yeah, we're, I don't want to speculate that we're selling stripper neck. Yeah, uh, certainly don't want to put uh, jump the gun here with Roma. Uh, it could, it is coming down to the last game for us anyway. Hopefully, uh, things go well this uh, weekend. But you're right, guys. We got that one, and we've also got a relegation race. So, looking forward to the final week in Syria. Uh, we do want to turn our attention uh, to a sad moment. Uh, we're, we're recording this podcast after the unfortunate events out in Manchester, and and like uh, most people out in the world, we do want to pass along our thoughts to that city. Uh, uh, I did see in this from a, this, the soccer world, uh, one of the things, um, one of the signs I read was the city of Manchester is united. So kind of a play on the two uh, clubs from the, from that uh, city, Manchester City and Manchester United, uh, both a blue writing and, and a red heart. So uh, again, kudos to the soccer world and just uh, our thoughts to everyone in that city after the tragic events uh, last night. With that in mind, guys, we do uh, want to move on from tragedy to uh, try to find the brighter spots of life, celebrating life, and looking at weddings. So first... Roma Wedding Derby? Yes. Well, that's in the past, but we've got more weddings coming up. Uh, from my native New Jersey, we want to pass along congratulations to Giuseppe Rossi. He got engaged to his longtime girlfriend. I think he did it uh, in uh, Long Island, but uh, kudos if he did it to the Jersey Shore based on the photos. How jealous are you right now, Chris? Uh, and like, how about the guy who is under contract from Fiorentina? Like he can't go to like Ponte Vecchio or like Piazza Michelangelo 
or you know, in the inside the Duomo or something. It, it's Long Island. Yeah, I, I, even from New Jersey, uh, that would be tough. But the Jersey Shore, if he got it done there, good for him. Man. Did That's... did he uh, put the ring in a folded over slice of pizza? No, no, nothing like that. <laughs> Uh, so congrats to, uh, Giuseppe and his girlfriend. Um, hope we get invited. Uh, Curve America is ready to, uh, to attend on the wedding news. Uh, we also got Marco who was down in Texas in Austin specifically for a wedding trip and wanted to see what the culture was like down in Texas this weekend. The, the, the trip was awesome. Wedding was great. Uh, had a lot of good barbecue, I think my hands are still swollen from the amount of salt that I've been eating for the last uh, three days. But we had to move the pod recording just a a day back because there was just crazy storms. Honestly, the craziest trip I've had back in a long time arrive at 8 a.m. in the morning at BWI in Baltimore and drive straight to work after sleeping three hours the night before and the rest is just a long story that's not worth listening to so uh glad to be here austin's awesome recommend it to everybody well keep austin weird uh we do have a question being that it's a hipster town marco and male rompers are the thing uh starting this summer did you see any male romper clothing down in austin texas or were you wearing any yourself since you're have some hipster tendencies as well. No male rompers uh, out in Texas yet, but I will say I've never seen so many tattoos uh, on people uh, in any city, and it's just and a lot of people just kind of like chilling outside on the on the sidewalk. A uh, lot of hipsters. I also got some mouth from vegan one night. I was going to a taco stand. I didn't know it was vegan, but apparently, guys, <laughs> mac and cheese spelled with a lowercase n with an apostrophe. It means it's vegan, so you <laughs> yeah, know you gotta, don't you don't make the mistake. Awesome don't make the mistake of of not knowing because you might have some pink-haired vegan chick come at you out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, wait. Uh, uh, I'm gonna wait for Papu to throw the romper on before I get it. I mean, it it does look pretty comfortable. It is a really new trend, so I don't think that like Amazon Prime, we're still within like the 48-hour time period for it to be delivered, so Marco wouldn't be able to see it down there yet. <laughs> um, but you know, the male romper, I don't know if it's so much hipster as his like chubbies, yeah. like going for douche. This like is- I want, like it's like it's like the three, triple popped collar look. Yeah. I mean, everybody's got that. You guys have that friend that you know is like, that dude would rock a romper. Like he'd he, he give it a whirl. I got yeah. One. Marco, that's that's my closest. <laughs> that's right. I will be wearing a romper to the Roma <laughs> game this weekend. Do you think? Do you think Stefan would wear like a black romper with a chain? I'll tell you what, you'd rock that romper. Yeah, <laughs> I got I got one friend who, when I saw it, I immediately posted on Facebook. And you you got you know Ryan Miller. Yeah, Ryan Miller is coming to a romper. You know, coming to a Ryan Miller near you is the romper. And he texted me. He goes, "I'm actually sitting in a tuxedo romper right now." Tuxedo romper. Yeah. So you got right. everyone's got that friend that you're just like, yeah, that 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 would be the romper. He'd he'd rock the romper. I would never wear the romper. I couldn't pull it off. I'm not either. But no. you guys every, think I could? Oh yeah. I think you could pull it off. Yes. You work out enough for sure. Yeah. Let's go. So there we go. Be on the lookout for rompers this summer as long as long as it says toti 10 on the back you rock that romper yeah that's a different story we got some roma gear and rompers okay maybe. would you buy a roma romper no i would buy it <laughs> for tutu. the resale i would buy a tutu if it said derosi 16 on the back or at least i'd consider it 
Um, my next impulse Roma buy would be the just enormous uh, bathrobes bathrobes that they sell. That who wears a bathrobe anymore? But I I would uh, rock that. I think that would change the whole dynamic of this condo if you bought <laughs> the the Roma robe because i have a feeling that you would wear very little if nothing yes. underneath it just wear that like there would be towels on the couch there'd yep. be sheets on the couch yeah everybody in italy wears robes i don't know what you guys are talking oh, about robes are the robes are the truth <laughs> all right well speaking of europe let's jump over there uh, across the pond we got some league winners guys all of the leagues are wrapped up with uh the season's done and over with in some of the leagues some some got a couple more games to go but we've got real madrid in spain Monaco in France, Bayern <laughs> uh, in Germany, Juve in Italy, and Chelsea in England. So, uh, guys, what do you think of this? Uh, all done? All taken care of? Well, the good thing is is we have three Italian coaches out of the five rocking the championship. Um, but, guys, I never watched the Bundesliga I'm sorry. It's just like I can't get into it. I'll do. I do give the. I do give Fox Sports credit for their coverage because they have American commentators, um, which is great. But um, dude, I happened to turn on the the Bayern game. Did you guys see this man Anastasia, that like '90s pop singer, uh, European pop singer? I think she's Russian or something. Apparently, like Ancelotti's a big fan of her, so he had to perform the halftime show, and they come back <laughs> from half. And she's still going like for like five minutes, like so much so that like the commentators are starting to be like, dude, is this for real? Is this chick still going? And you can see like they keep on going to the players and like the look on Philip Lom's face, like like just in shock, like mouth gaping, eyes open. Like, is this for real? We are we are not going to play this game because Anastasia has to get her, you know, belt out her and, you know, belt out her last 87 notes i mean it's like the it's like holding on to the uh to the to the national anthem way too long and then she dips out after the song and it took him like 10 more minutes to get the get the stage off the field i mean this 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 was a serious lack of german efficiency going on here right there and a little disappointing after uh ranieri brings in uh andrea bocelli last year when uh uh his team wins the premier league we got another Italian in the German league bringing Anastasia. Yeah. Not to throw any shade at, at Germany because, you know, they're doing their thing and they actually do well in Champions League. But Bayern Munich wins the league with 82 points. Second place is 67 points. And then Hoffenheim is the fourth place team in Champions League with 62 points. And FC Köln is in fifth with Cologne. 49 so I don't know. Not it's just, exactly parody in that. I league. don't know, man. It's just like, guys, if you're a Bundesliga fan, look at the city. Yeah, you'll get a little bit yeah. more. You still have a team winning six times all, in a row. But all the leagues, man. I mean, we I think are the closest races. Maybe Real, uh, Spain has between the top two, but I mean, our top three are right neck and neck. That was going into the the last two weeks of the season. It is Guggentrasche. That's right. So, Serie A fans. Uh, or Bundesliga fans, you could be a Serie A fan. That's right. Maybe have a little more fun. Speaking of Ranieri, though, do you guys see that uh, my my second favorite English team, I'm going to be the guy that throws it a second favorite because it's a meth den. Crystal Palace. Might South be. London team. Colin Ranieri. Why not? Why not? We will see. And clearly, uh, we, we've said it briefly, but the Italian coach is doing big things in Europe. I think Conti had the best uh, thing to say. He said, Serie A is the best league in the world. 
that's why all the coaches are so good. So like, like where he's saying, like his thoughts, just straight up mic drop. Let us mic drop it and go to our social media and start talking about Syria ourselves. We have Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We have a Fabio at CurveAmerica.com. ASRoma360.com is another website where you can find the podcast. Please send us your comments, thoughts, suggestions. We've been asking all season. We'd love to hear from you guys. And, of course, we always ask. Please rate and comment. Now, I, I will tone it down on the self-aggrandizing readings of our own positive comments on Facebook, but I will give a shout-out, and I believe that Marco's mom is brewing up a new batch of olive oil for next season. So uh, uh, go ahead out there, rate and comment, say something nice, hopefully, or talk some trash. Do it. But let's get those out there on iTunes and SoundCloud. All right. We're always grateful for that. All right, guys, let's jump in. We got week 37 to talk about. We are all drinking the same wine this time. We've got Rubus wine selections from Lodi, California. So we're keeping it domestic this league. That's old. That's Rubus old vines right there. That's that's the case wine we drink around here. That's the stuff that Leslie buys by the case. Absolutely delicious for a ten dollar bottle of wine. Just mwah. shout out to Brent who used to work at Willow Bar. God rest his soul in D.C. that closed down. But that was a great wine bar and that was a great selection. And I have spent a lot of money on cases of this wine so cheers so we hope everyone can settle in relax enjoy the podcast here we go with the rundown the top three teams hang big numbers but juve claims their sixth straight scudetto title while roma and napoli will go down to the last week for second place milan have an emphatic win at home to secure the final europa league spot and genoa win to stay safe in syria so they'll be back next season Empoli and Crotona give us one last week of relegation suspense and some other teams kind of played to honor their contractual obligations. Guys, let's get to the top five. Up first, as it has been all season and will be all season, Juventus playing Crouton Nation Crotone. Juve wins this one 3-0. They win their second trophy of the week on their way to a potential treble. All right, guys. Crotone's been hot for the past eight weeks. It's been fun on the Crouton bandwagon. And that permitted the league's fans, everybody, for their dream story to continue with the next inspirational sports movie to happen here. So think, remember the Titans, Seabiscuit, Rocky, any other of the classics that Marco probably hasn't seen. <laughs> Seabiscuit's a classic? Uh, I, liked, in there. I liked Remember the Titans. All right, good. Uh, I tweeted out uh, the Al Pacino scene for any given Sunday here with the pregame speech because that's what I imagine Crotone must have been feeling in the locker room up in Turin. Life is all about getting that one inch, Crouton Nation. Fighting for their lives in Syria, up against the league leader and Champions League finalist in Juve's home. And they asked to break Juve's at-home undefeated streak. So this movie script writes itself, guys. Even Willie Beeman and LL Cool J and Bill Bellamy and Lawrence Taylor are not going to have Crotone beat Juventus. Yep, it was definitely a tall order. And uh, even for us on the Crouton bandwagon, appreciated how unrealistic this result was going to be. And it was. So jumping straight to the, the goals, guys, in the 12th minute, Dream is dashed. Mandzukic runs onto a low curling cross, loses his his Crouton defender, and punches the goal in. 
and frankly, Crotone in the gut, because any chance they had in this miracle, it felt like it needed the first strike uh, against Juve, and that just didn't happen. And from that point on, Juve owned the game, and and, uh, the goals continue. Right before half, 39th minute, we've got Dybala lining up a free kick, and it is perfection. I mean, a curler right over the wall, the gladiator match celebration comes out, and the crowd absolutely starts tasting the Scudetto. Later on, we've got, for good measure, Alexandro puts in an extra safety goal in the 83rd minute, and there's your Scudetto race. Everyone who's been hoping maybe Juve's going to drop points, maybe it's going to happen, no. They win their record six straight Scudetto, and credit where credit is due, guys. They've been dominant all season. They're a European powerhouse. It's been that kind of year for them. We'll talk about this again in the next week, I'm sure, when we wrap up the entire season, but after Juventus has won their season here, guys, just your general takeaways from them on the Serie A season. They did it. They did it again. And we kind of knew this was this is going to happen probably like eight weeks ago. I think it was confirmed. Uh, just when you really saw that Napoli and Roma could not take advantage of, of drop points. Uh, Juventus at a certain point was tying. I think they had a loss. Uh, and... Again, when the teams under you aren't taking advantage and making the race tight, it's yours to lose. And Juventus is too solid. They're too stacked, too focused. Can you think of another adjective, uh, Tad? No, I mean, you're exactly right there. There needed to be times later on in the season rather than just at the gates that the other teams in Serie A are going to put some sort of pressure that made... Juventus look over their shoulder throughout the season. I mean, early on stuff is not going to cut it. If you think of last year when Roma come out to that gangbuster start and Juve, you know, dropped points in their in their first four weeks, you know, you, you got to stay hot on their heels. But this team, to me, you know, just the the consistency of the core of this team. We had a lot of questions going into this season as to you know what was Juventus going to be. With Iguain, but Sans Vidal, Sans uh, Tevez, Sans Pirlo, you know, a lot of their goal scoring creativity now that, you know, then they added Pjanic. But, you know, you, you look back at this team that's won six great Scudetti, there's six guys that were there for all of them Uncle Gigi, Chiellini, Banucci, Barzagli, Marchisio, and kind of a footnote though, but Lick Steiner, who's got to offer some leadership and some, you know, consistency in the locker room. So, and some leadership in the locker room so that, you know, that championship mentality from these core uh, a majority Italian players, you know, really stuck it together. And with Allegri's formation change at the at the midway break, this team just just was unstoppable down the stretch. Yeah, they felt like they were always ahead of everybody. But at the same time, guys, throughout the season, I felt uh, just to bring back to uh, uh, a movie reference just for any given Sunday. Any given Sunday, right? I, I felt like Juve could be beaten, and for a while there, they were getting away with 86-minute goals, 87th-minute goals, and it was a one nothing result against the middle-of-the-pack oh. Serie A team. Oh, yeah, they, they flirted with it. They flirted with not, not winning the league from time to time. You know, they met, a, they met the rest of the league on Tinder and went on a gelato date, but then never called them back again. Yeah, you know, and they, that's Tinder. Yeah. Then we're not even talking about Bumble. We're talking about Tinder. Yeah. So these, you know, they they they, they flirted. They uh, they showed a little shoulder, but at the end of the day, no. Yeah. None of it up. 
but it, you know, it was more competitive. I, I thought. I mean, it's tough for me to say that that at any point I thought we were actually going to overtake them, or Napoli was going to actually overtake them. But I, I had flashes of it, and I think to the point of that, it was closer than last year. I think uh, Juve felt a little bit of the heat too, in that. They appeared a little worried about Crotone in that they canceled concerts for Eros Ramazzotti, Francesco Gabbani, and an open bus tour around the city for, for this game. That was all scheduled to happen. They they canceled Francesco Gabbani? Gabbani, Gabbani? yes. Gabbani? Yes. Yes. Doesn't he play for uh, Stoke? Uh, pop culture, you guys need to get Gabbani, if he wants to play Gabbani. on top of a bus going around the city of Turin, he gets to. I'm going to say you know Rama, Eros Ramazzotti, though, at, at least, right? Oh, of course, yeah. Mm. Uh, he's the third tenor, right? <laughs> no. uh, pop culture abounds, guys. But yeah, they did cancel uh, some of the, the cultural events, I guess, uh, to the celebratory events, so... I think they took Crotone seriously because any given Sunday in the Serie A, it might have happened, admittedly. Come on. Crotone has not uh, beaten Juve. I don't sit in a Juve office. I wasn't doing the canceling here, but they did. So They uh, still got Champions League final. That's why they didn't do it. We'll see. The other uh, interesting note here, uh, Benucci, who ha- has a kid who we all know is a Torino fan. He loves Belotti. Ambivalent at best at his dad's celebration? What did you guys think about this? He was wearing a Juve jersey, but he wasn't happy about it. What is going on at this house where Banucci is? What kind of parenting is this? Yeah, I don't understand it. If I was an OTFR fan, I don't know if I would have a good relationship with my father. Yeah. I'm I'm fully in support of this, man. If, if if having kids, you get to let them choose how they want to live life. Hey, man, how are you creating a culture in a house where that would even be an issue? Your dad is Bonucci. Yeah, That's man. like saying that you're okay with your son becoming like a drug dealer. Basically, not at all. Basically, not at all. Yeah, it's his choice. You know, it's his choice. It could be the worst choice in the world, but it's his choice. <laughs> I mean, if I was Benucci, my kid wouldn't even know who the heck Balotti is. Oh no, I totally disagree on that. I would have let him wear the Torino Bull jersey for sure. They Why be, not? They'd be OTFRT in my house. The uh-huh. other team from Torino. Yep. No, uh, I'm I'm totally. Uh, hey, man, you fall in love with the club, you got to support it, no matter who the your dad is. The kid's like four and a half years old. He likes what you tell him. To you like. got to brainwash your kid. Yeah. You got to brainwash him. <laughs> I mean, right. come on. I mean, I'm Belotti, out on my. Dude, Pirlo used to come over to your house. I'm out on my island on this one, but it was interesting. Clearly, it's worth checking out on social media. Just he was there in in spirit. He although, was there. although, let's look at this from another angle. Let's say that he's just got a really rebellious kid, and Benucci's like, "Nah, bro, you get a Juventus jersey, <laughs> and we're gonna march you out here in front of everybody. We're gonna we're gonna parade the Belotti yeah. away. Maybe maybe it was punishment. Yeah, maybe you see like Bonucci good. like screaming at his kid, like doing like, his goal celebration. Look at my face." <laughs> Certainly interesting, but uh, if I were Belotti, I'd be trolling Banucci like crazy. I'd be swinging by his house. I'd be sending him rooster noises on the on the email boxes full of Torino gear. Yeah, enjoy the rivalry and the derby for sure. It must be fun in the Banucci household. Turning our attention down south in the boot in Crotone, they are still alive heading into the last week, but now they need a little bit of help. They've got Empoli and Palermo playing, and Crotone's got to basically beat OTFR. How are you guys feeling about this, guys? Palermo just lost. Again, we'll, we'll be talking about that. But, you know, it's that's an interesting uh, 
final week for uh, the bottom of the table race. Uh, you think Crotone can pull this off here? Yes. Crotone is going to do it, man. It's, it's a storybook ending, and I believe in Crotone all the way. I really do not care for Empoli. I don't know why. I just don't like I, the color of their jerseys. I don't know what it is. They're trash. Because their best player is their goalie who's on loan from Roma. Come like, on. Big Mac. Big Mac. Dude, dude, Big Mac is one of the disciples of Jesus, the original disciples of Jesus. That dude is older than the hills. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Marco. I don't, I don't really know uh, why I have an irrational uh, dislike for for Empoli, but I'm really hoping that they don't pull this off. And of course, I'm on the Crotone bandwagon. But uh, so Crotone's got to pull this one off at home in front of their fans. Hopefully, it's just going to go nuts. I'm really looking forward to this. Um, but they need help. So uh, let's just go to the table, guys. I, you- I, I, I love Empoli. I got to pull for Crotone. Because I have two favorite teams, Roma and who's ever playing OTFR. There you go. But I have a question for Marco. Do they call him Big Mac because he ate the first one ever made? It's possible. This guy's a pioneer and he a pioneer. <laughs> deserves to be transferred out. But Empoli's out. <laughs> all right, guys. That's our first game. We've got Juve with 88 points. Locked up the league. Congrats to all the Juventini out there. Enjoy it. We'll see you guys next year. And then we've got Crotone. In relegation, 31 points, just one point behind Empoli. We are looking forward to the weekend games. Up next, we've got Roma and Chievo. This one finished 5-3 in Roma's favor. Uh, Roma maintain the lead for second place in a goal storm up in Verona. So what did you guys think of this game? Oh, man. Roma fans were given a real scare. Somebody need to honestly remind Kievo that they were in 14th place and had nothing to play for. They come out of the gates firing. Lucas Castro starts off the scoring 15th minute, and he had a really solid volley inside the box. See, I'm, I'm totally on the other side of this, of just being a Roma fan, of just, even on social media, you could see, like, are, are we going to do this? Are we going to bad news bear this Why, game? Why, donkeys? Why now do you learn how to fly? Because Unreal. it's Roma. Why? Of course it's against Roma. But Freaking I, Lucas Castro. I haven't said enough nice things about you on the podcast to do this to me. That's no, what I'm, I'm saying, guys. It's just Kievo, of course they're going to play hard because they know what's at stake. They could ruin somebody's season. Of course they're going to play hard. It's up to Roma to, to rise to the occasion and say, no, we've earned second place. We're going to take it this season. Well, I think it's the man of the moment who shows up this game. Ed Sharawi gets one back. Of a mega header assist from Fazio. Did you see Fazio? He wins the header at half field. And, I mean, it was some trash defending on Kievo's part. But it basically puts Sharawi in on goal. And he just, like, is, like, falling over. But scores the tying goal. And then the pattern of this game is any player who's basically been informed is is scoring. So Inglese, Bobby English, gets the donkeys ahead again. Uh, only to be canceled out by Mo Salah. Dude, Salah. Salar. Second half, all Roma. They score three beautiful goals in a row. Elsha, again, man of the moment. Salah, uh, he gets one more. And how many goals does Salah have this season? It's 15. Unbelievable. I mean, he's been injured for so long as well. He also has 12 assists. I mean, this guy. 11 assists, but. He's, he's at the top of the charts in, in Serie A. I, again, I think he's going to pull a lot of interest from outside. Well, he's also only 24 years old. 
So, I mean, this guy is still coming into his best calcio playing years. Unbelievable. And, I mean, we saw him live. That guy moves as fast as he... It looks like he moves even faster in, in real life. So Jekyll rips one from outside the 18. He's got 28, and he's leading Serie A. I think he's going to end up the season capo cañoniere. If he scores one more next week, he breaks Iguain's record set last year for goals across all competitions That's right. in one season. And he de- Where was this goal all season? That's right. I was going to say, it's the confidence and the class of this goal that really stood out to me. And it, the only thing I could think about was Chris. You know, <laughs> I was like, Chris, is, are you on Team Jekyll now or what? Hashtag Team Jekyll, Jekyll for president. I got to, you know, of the goals he scored, I would say probably 15 of them are just like, oh my God, that is a top level scorer in the world. That's a guy I want on my team. Of the 37 goals he scored this season, yes. only 15 or 16 of the them other, met the Chris Ross standard. There are so many that have just bounced off his body and have found their way. I, I, I just don't understand how this is, is not going to get through your head. Chris He's, Ross is the guy who, like, you know, Jekyll scored 37 goals this season. And he goes, yeah, well, Messi scored 37 goals in the Spanish league. But, but <laughs> at, I mean, ask yourself the question, right? If you had your choice, would you have Dybala on your team over Jekyll? This you, season? Yes. Would you want to have... Jekyll this season over Dybala. Mertens on your club over Jekyll. Let's not play this game, man. You're going to get us in trouble over here. Uh, just being honest. Uh, they're, they're, you, know, you guys are asking I, you know, questions. You know, we'll put it this way. Dybala and Mertens are two of the top six goal-scoring threats in the Serie A. I'd have to think about it. This has been an epic year for Dzeko, and I think we owe him nothing but reverence for putting together a season like this. And he is put an exclamation point on this with this rip. I I really hope he gets this goal next next week. Plus... I actually I would rather have Salah or I'm sorry I would rather have Dybala and Mertens over Salah and Perotti but like Jekyll is just a different striker you know he's he was our point man he was what we needed because Roma has had the wingers like Salah Perotti at Sharawi who have been nasty uh, you know, obviously Dybala and, and Mertens were on another level, but they don't play the same role that Jekyll does. Moving on. Well, Mertens still needs a show me, another show-me season at center forward. I mean, he has the ant army, but moving on. Castro scores a goal for good measure, and Totti gets his cameo. We'll talk about Totti a little bit more next season or next week. Uh, in a fact, li- a little more. I think we'll do a full-blown tribute. It's like seventy thousand people filling Stadio. I've never heard Stadio Olimpico selling out. And I will have out. probably my nipples pierced by that point. With 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 a one around one ring and a zero and a zero on the ring. other. Exactly. Yep. Uh, and then honestly, Roma fans are left with their legs numb and heart pounding after this game. You know, Roma goes down twice to Kievo, and then. Ties it up and then wins big and then gets another goal scored again. It's kind of like when you're, you know, you're driving, you zone out, and you're like you zone back in, about to like basically drive off the road and you save yourself and you get super scared and nervous, but then you're like kind of elated because you're like ah, you know, I got another chance at life. Well, that's kind of how I felt walking out of this game. How do you, how do you drive, bro? I'm telling you, man. <laughs> when you get that NPR on sometimes, you don't now, know where you're going. Marco, the D.C. native out of us, now I understand why people drive the way they do. 
Yeah, that's right. You, so, did you zone out because you were you were checking your Twitter or something? Look, all I'm thinking, I might have been thinking about Crotone. <laughs> Dai Crotone next week. Let's do it. Crouton Nation. Uh, honestly, really good game from Strootman too. Everyone's talking about Ninja, DDR, and Manolas. Uh, what are the chances that Strootman's not coming back next season? Because, guys, I mean, one of the best midfielders in Serie A? Zero. He just signed a contract extension through 2021. Mm, you know, that's been used as a bargaining chip before. Where are you thinking he's going, Man U? Is that is that what you're thinking? He or? is, a honestly, a prototypical Premier League player, if you think about it. Now, I think he should just stay at Roma because... He Roma is literally taking care of him for the last two years, and it would be respectful. And he speaks Italian now, and he's classic, and he's well, one of I my mean, favorite he, players, and he, he wears ha- my favorite number. <laughs> he would have to push his way out to leave, because I mean he would really have to want to push his way out because one, the dollars are not going to be up for a twice ACL torn midfielder. I don't care how good he is. So I think that, you know, the epic offers that we would have gotten for him pre, which we would have lost him to, I think, when Louis van Gaal went to Manchester United, um, you know, th- those, those, those offers are dried up. And I, so I think for Roma, for what they pay him and for how he's performed, he's more valuable to them unless somebody comes rolling in with like a $50 million offer, which he's not going to get considering his injury past. Okay. Well, I just want to say props to the Flying Donkey faithful, uh, honoring Totti at the game and at the end of the game as well, Totti in the tunnel with Sorrentino and his family. I mean, those two were playing uh, who's older game. You know? <laughs> uh, and then Di Francesco rumors, man, to Roma. I guess they're on Sky Sports Italia, so to Tad, I guess that's official. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> for the transfer window. It's about... For transfer rumors, I think Sky Sports Italia is about as official as you're going to get before it actually happened. Um, now, not that Sky Sports Italia has never worn egg on their face before, but I think that all this is going into it. Spalletti wants out, you know, unless you know, unless Conte shocks us all by going to Inter, I think we see Spalletti there next season, and I think they already have the the Di Francesco to. To Roma, which I think we should kick that can down for when it happens to discuss the, the how wise that decision is. But what I'm seeing on social media, guys, this is a polarizing issue amongst Roma fans. So stay tuned. Yep. And uh, I, you know, think Spalletti will be professional. I think he's going to do right by Roma, finish off this league. He's going to have Toti. So full faith in Spalletti going into the last game of the season. But we will see. It does look like Di Francesco is going to take the the helm for next week, uh, next season. So we've got Roma, 84 points, fighting off Napoli. Real and- quick, real quick, guys. If at the end of next game, so I, I would assume that Totti's not starting because it's a huge game. Actually, that's a great question. That question And they're tied at the end of the game. Does Spalletti bring Totti on? All he's given to the press from what I've seen is whether he'll play. His only answer is we'll see. Yeah. Well, even Ranieri came out and said Roma first, Totti second. But do you think he should start? No. I mean, I don't think he should start. If, if you're not going to start him at Juve, it doesn't make sense to start him. But do you general. throw away the... In, I mean, in, in Spalletti's eyes, obviously, because he hasn't been playing Totti. I mean, for me, put him on. He's effective. I could honestly see shadily Spalletti doing something crazy 
and not playing Totti if the game is uh, one, one. I don't know. I, you know we're two, I don't one, think there is could, no way Totti does not play in this game. I agree with that. At Stadio Olimpico. Spalletti's, for, a, I don't know, man. He put in Juan Jesus no, and took out Nangolan. Yeah, but let's, let's, also look at, let's also look at it this way. How fired up do you think that the Roma team is going to be against a crap terrible Genoa team who binds you foreshadowing has nothing to play for for the rest of the season except screwing up Roma season except for screwing up Roma season it's motivation yes but they do not have the guns to do this I think that Roma they got the mob goes, bosses knocking on their doors game, in the hotels be, like this, uh, this game is going to be at least 2-0 at half and Totti plays the whole second half I, I think uh, it would look poorly on Spalletti as a manager that uh, he doesn't get Totti do you, in do there. Do you want to be the guy that doesn't put Totti on yeah, in his last game for exactly. Roma? I played for the club for a quarter yeah. century. You have to play him. All jokes aside, I, I agree with both of you. All right. We've got uh, to the table, guys. We've got Roma, 84 points, with just one point ahead of Napoli leading into the last game of the season. And we've got Chievo, the flying donkeys, sitting comfortably middle of the pack, 14th place, 43 points. Up next, we've got Napoli and Fiorentina. This one finished 4-2. Another goal fest in Napoli. Ant Army keeping pace with Giallo Rossi. Yeah, and this game basically sums up both teams' season. You know exactly how it's going to end. When Koulibaly, of all people, scores a rebound goal in the eighth minute, you're like, Fiorentina, man, shaking, shaking my head. SMH, slicing my ham. So in the 17th minute, goal from Insigne and a wild corner kick, Taturesano Papera for a Mertens goal, and it gives Napoli the 3-0 lead again. Smooth sailing, of course. Fiorentina can't get it done. Us as Roma fans are like, Fiorentina, come on. You know, show up for this one. But it just doesn't happen again. Ilicic gets one back, but Mertens caps his man of the match performance. Almost man of the season performance, I would say. uh, With a second goal in the 64th. uh, And look, Dres, the amp boy himself, grabs his 27th of the season. Second most in in the league he could have honestly scored three more goals this week i mean rumors of premier league suitors yeah but how much money do you throw at murders murders been a quality player but he was almost nowhere to be found last year this year obviously he's saying the world on fire yeah well he's honestly like a a hazard part two so it's like a proven talent uh that's successful in the premier league so far Anyways, uh, as mentioned, the game is really consistent from what we saw all season out of both teams. Napoli lead the league in goals, scored with 53, and they get score another another four this game. And, uh, you know, just tell Fiorentina that there's something to play for, you know, like Europa League, uh, and you can put your house on them not showing up. That's pretty much how it's been all season. Uh, and honestly, guys, how does Fiorentina recover after a lackluster season? Uh, we know that Napoli has a lot to play for, so I think we can kind of put that aside. But Fiorentina is a big team in historically in Italy. I'd like to see them back to where they've been in the past. How do they do it next season? Uh, it's been a long time since the you know the Sette Sorelle days of the Serie A when Fiorentina you know was was winning the title and challenging every year. I mean, they're they're going to lose Sousa. He's out. 
He's got to be out. They said so early at the beginning of the season. The only thing that could save his job is something to show for the season, which he hasn't. It's it's going to come down to try and hold on to hand, who you can. I think they'll probably hold on to Kalinich. Bernadeski's probably going somewhere. I haven't seen a whole lot of interest in Babacar, so hopefully, you know, his his star continues to rise. They, I mean, they still have talent. Uh, Tataru Sanu is a quality goalkeeper in his day. I think new leadership kind of revamped their system. We'll see what happens. Bring back Giuseppe Rossi. That's right. Always. Fiorentina's uh, in, in that small group of clubs that seem to see uh, owning your own stadium is uh, a huge boon to, uh, you know, really make it a run at it. And so we've we've seen during the season that they're going to uh, at least go down that path. Whether it happens or not, we'll see. But uh, I think uh, management, uh, they have a plan in place. That's how they're going to get themselves out of this and really challenge for titles. All right. So we've got Napoli right on Roma's tail, uh, 83 points going into the last season. And Fiorentina, Laviola finishing. They're in eighth place with 59 points. They're tied with Inter. So right strong in the middle of the pack there. Up next, guys, we've got OTFR playing Inter. This one finished 3-1, and Inter winning an ugly one here. But given their run, at least they finally won a game. Inter has not won since March 12th. And that, that Kulo blast that they gave Atalanta 7-1. Since then, two draws, eight losses, tied, but does not pass. I think I, I misspoke last week for their all-time low of eight rounds without a win. So after Milan trounced Bologna earlier in the day to sew up the final Europa League spot, Inter walked into a situation that they were actually hoping for, a meaningless game where it didn't matter if they won. Europa League's out of the picture. Might as well win win an away game against the fourth-place team. You know, for OTFR, they were safe in Europe, and, you know, outside of the chance of two consecutive losses... That would drop them to fifth should Atlanta win out, which would basically just be a symbolic end of the season collapse. Their season ended after they just left that giant stankin' turd on the you know the pitch at the Olympia after the Copa Italia final. But you know, hey, for OTFR, I guess 143 fans bought a ticket, so they trotted out Keita, Immobile, Biglia, Felipe Anderson, but they did do. The, they just reached deep down on the bench for their Croatian international and pervy Prince William lookalike, Ivan Varjic in goal. Dude, check this dude out. Varjic. You, you, you just got to look at a picture of that guy, man. Look at that dude. That's pervy, that's per, pervy Prince, Prince William, right? Jeez. Varjic. So anyways, the game had basically all the hallmarks of a bunch of kids at the end of school looking longingly out the window what would soon to be the end of the school year and coming summer. I mean, Icardi didn't even show up to this game. I don't know if he forgot that you know he should have invited his teammates to his kickoff the season pool party, or he was you know getting some sort of strange jungle cat tattooed on on his culo. Um, but we had just all the crap things of a crap game. We had a penalty uh, goal for OTFR, which was actually Kate Balda. Who, guys, listen to this run of form for Kate Bell, the eight goals and two assists in his last five games. It's terrible. OTFR just trashed. We had a double yellow 
for Kieta though, who's who got who got double yellowed and sent off for a, just an awful dive. We had a lousy, just an absolutely lousy challenge for a double yellow red card for Ratlich. Sayonara. We had an own goal for OTFR, and we they you know even even dumped out the bench warmers. Some guys that never played all season from both teams. So basically, they could go out in the field and update their social media accounts showing them. On an actual Serie A pitch in uniform in an actual game for their accounts. I mean, this game was so bad that the last 16 minutes of the game interplayed against nine men and weren't able to score. Going back, guys, to this to this OTFR Crotone showdown. OTFR has nothing to play for. They threw out Varjic in this game. I mean, Kate Balda is he he's got he's on a red, he's not playing. Ratlich, he's on a red. He's not playing. I mean, are these with their, with them safe in Europe? Will they play scrubs against Crotone? What do you guys think when I say Inter lost to Crotone this season? That's bad, right? Yeah, that does not feel good. I think OTFR is going to put up a fight because it's a really bad mark on your record if you lose to Crotone. This is classic Calciopoli from OTFR. You know, the best players on the team getting red cards and just they're going to put out their scrub team they should get deducted points and drop down to lega pro uh (laughs) you know but either way i think that crotones should definitely take full advantage of whatever lull otfr is in die crotone i will we'll see you next season marco are you joining me now if crouton stays up you buying a jersey i i i just like whatever reason just think that ampoli is so bland I think they're so bland, and if Crotone stays up, I believe that the rules are you stay up like more than one season. You have to build up your stadium, yeah. so it creates more stadium capacity throughout your, uh, Italy. You know, more big teams means more market. I don't know. I'm it's just Italy, being you know, really idealistic right now. It's Italy. Crotone is going to put a bleacher in the hospital and be like, "No, see, that's that's our stadium." <laughs> that would be classic. Hashtag most Italian thing ever. But guys, going on our love for OTFR, did you see the signs for Toti in this crowd? I did. I did. Your your enemies for life salute you. All signs like that. You know, you, we would have never have done what your fans and your team did to you. So classy or not? There's no such thing as OTFR and classy in the same phrase. So not classy. No. My uh, my thought immediately went to uh, other rivalries, right, of the, the teams I support. And so, uh, you know, Jeter retires, you tip your cap to Jeter up in Boston. You do that. Big Poppy Ortiz comes to Yankee Stadium, you tip your cap to Big Poppy Ortiz. It's just a classy thing to do. But, you're not pl- do- but they're not playing Roma in this game. Right. It was. I think the point of it was it's their last home game for OTFR, so they did it in their home stadium. That's why they wanted to do it there. Nah. I thought, I thought it was a classy move. Nah, rubbing it in their face. Yeah, it's. I think it's a definite rub in the face because it's it's such a backhanded compliment that like they attack the fans, they attack the organization. You know, they, there is a qualifier. You know, for oh, we're your enemies for life, but you know, good job. Yeah, right. I By mean, the way, I personally have witnessed Francesco Totti being burned in effigy in Rome. 
So these the same people burning him in effigy? Oh, yeah. It doesn't like, excuse everything else they've done by any means, but it's a tip of the cap. I, I question their motives. I do, not, I do not think this is a tip in the cap. I think this is like, oh, by the way, um, your, your god is retiring, um, and your fans and your organization are crap and don't even know how to give him the proper send-off. We will see. The, uh, the, the anger towards OTFR continues. Uh, I'm certainly not becoming an OTFR fan, but I'm on the other side of that argument. So, fourth place, we've got OTFR. They've got 70 points, well behind Napoli. And then we've got Inter in 59 points in seventh place, tied with Fiorentina and four, uh, four points behind uh, their crosstown rivals in Milan. Moving forward, guys, we are going to just mention Atalanta did win. They're the other top five team. But because the race is so exciting down uh, further on down at the table, we're going to talk about that game later on. So Atalanta finishing off the top five. We're going to take a quick break and then start with the middle of the pack. This week's episode of Curve America is brought to you by Sumner Furniture. Sumner Furniture are office furniture experts based in the Washington, D.C. metro area. They provide high-quality new and used office furniture for all-size jobs, ranging from just one chair to million square foot offices. Sumner provides space designs, commercial moves, delivery and installation for projects nationwide. Check out their website, sumnerfurniture.com, or their eBay store. Contact them and mention Curve America for an additional 10% off any new or used office chair. Up next, starting off with middle of the pack, we've got Milan and Bologna. This one finished 3-0 with Milan dominating Bologna to secure Europa. Milan goes into this game knowing Europe can be guaranteed since Fiorentina lost to Napoli the day before. They're wearing next season's jersey, just like uh, Roma will be in this upcoming uh, uh, game this weekend. Slightly slimmer red and black stripes. Returning to tradition is the big thing for you to shell out an extra 80 euros or whatever it is for a new jersey. Last game of the season at home for them. So, got to feel like, let's do this, right? Tifo was was uh, on point. Well done to the Milanisti in the stadium. And uh, here we go to the game. We've got Mati Fernandez chipping to LFO's summer girl. Delafo knocking it in one nothing. but it was in the second half. It took Milan a while to get into this game. But once that happened, we've got Honda keeping the goals coming with an awesome free kick. Sending off his Milan career in fashion as he announced that this will be the last season with the club. Skull of the Week candidate right over the, over the wall into the net. Well done, Honda. Well done uh, for him for, in a Milan uniform. Yeah, and you know, despite being whistled when he came on, it sounded like he was getting whistled. Um, I don't know if the fans were whistling Baca coming off. I'm pretty sure they were they're whistling Honda. Uh, which is kind of trash because yeah, I don't was, think he was given as much of a chance as he should have gotten. But then he scores, so right. imagine that. Tough season for Honda, but overall, I thought he had a pretty solid Milan career. I'm um, glad to see him go out in style. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Finally, we've got Lapadula getting the tap in for good measure, and that's our final score. We've got 3 nothing. Biggest story here has got to be securing Europa. Big Italian name going to a European tournament. Puts away the theory, in my opinion, that both Milan teams were trying to avoid Europe. The qualifi- qualification coupled with a Bleacher Report article from Adam Digby, guys. 
Milan on the cusp of an Italian renaissance here. What do you guys think? Is Milan about to make a run at the Scudetto and really make big moves here? I don't think so, but they do have a, an extremely young and exciting team. And I think that, you know, when when you have a team like Milan with young players, it's not the same thing as a team like Atalanta with young players. They're not a feeder team. They are a end game team. And so if you have young players, you're developing them uh, and maybe selling a few for big money. But I think Milan's going to be in great shape, you know, and they hopefully sort out all this financial stuff over the summer with the, the new owners. Um, but I think they'll be in good shape at next season. Yeah, I mean, with the new owners, new money coming in, because these guys have had their last two transfer windows shut down. Correct. And even still with that, they qualify for Europa, even though they did go away for large chunks of the season this year. I agree with Marco, their team, Locatelli, Suso, Lapadula, Donnarumma, Romagnoli, guys like that, that makes them a really exciting young team. And if they can invest money, and everybody's being linked to Milan right now. And like even people that are being linked, even if they don't go, they're saying nice things about Milan. So not this season, the next season, I think as Digby's article was putting out. The one thing I disagree with Digby's article, though, is I'm not sold on Montella. That was uh, a point for me. Uh, Montella seemed like he was pretty keen on the Roma job, so maybe not exactly married to Milan. But with Milan in mind, you've got a good coach, seemingly a good coach, finishing in uh, top six. You've got Donnarumma, who seems to be the next Gigi Buffon. And you've got new owners, and that's the key for me, because like everything in life, unfortunately, comes down to money. We've got uh, Musacchio uh, coming to Milan for $18 million. We've heard for the second half of the season that the summer transfer window is going to be something like 50 million euro, which is peanuts, mm-hmm. uh, you, you have to say. So if uh, the new owners are going to have just a very small purse that they're going to go out and try to buy new players for, you know, that's not good for Milan. But they've got a European tournament now, which is going to bring new players. Hopefully they spend the money and they become a uh, another powerhouse. If, if they can get a couple veterans in here to help lead the team, they got a lot of young guys, maybe snag a Belotti or somebody like that. That would be awesome. Um, I would be really interested to see what they do in the European tournament. But yeah, next, I agree with Marco. Next season ain't happening. So enjoy it, Milanisti. You'll be in Europe next season. We got Milan in sixth place. They got 63 points. And Bologna down there in 15th place with 41. Moving on, guys. We've got the next game between Sampdoria and Udinese. This one finished in a 1-1 draw. There were more red cards in this game than goals in the battle of the middle of the pack. That's right, guys. And our boy, HDCT, breaks a seven-game scoring drought to score his 12th of the season. He's been gone for a little while, but now he's back. He's out from the woods. Yeah, That's right. Well, you just stole the words out of my mouth. Who doesn't love literature on this podcast? Udinese is up in the fourth minute, and they start the game just looking hungry for the win. In the second half, the momentum of the game shifts when DePaul, not De Paoli, guys, DePaul, all right, doesn't play for Chievo. Reggaeton singer? Goes studs up on Torriera. This was nasty. Uh, you know, it was definitely a red card offense. University in Lincoln Park uh, in Chicago. That's right. And then more drama in the 63rd when Babyface Killer earns a PK, scores the PK, and then taunts the Udinese fans like crazy. Danilo from Udinese sees red and gets a red after grabbing Muriel by the neck. 
And Ref does some quick soul searching and asks himself, well, do I really give two reds to Udinese and nothing to Samp? And then he just gives the red to Muriel, too. I mean, guys, should a player be getting a red card for taunting fans? No. No. I saw Absolutely the replay not. on this. I didn't think Muriel did anything wrong in this one. Uh, he didn't even feel like taunting to me, the fans. He just went up and raised his hand a little did bit. No, he was putting his hand, on, his hand on his I ear. Like, I think so, yeah. Yeah, didn't he used to play for Udinese? Pretty yes. sure he did. Yeah. Well, you can taunt fans. You, Soccer. You they're, throw, they're throwing able. quarters at you, and they're yelling racial slurs down on the pitch. You can taunt them. That's right, guys. I mean, overall, the game was pretty inconsequential. So fans of both teams will be waiting anxiously to see which starts, which stars get plucked in the offseason and which young gems their organizations will be able to acquire. So that's Sampdoria Udinese or Udinese Sampdoria, guys. This is Europe in a nutshell. All right. So, yep. That's uh, two middle-of-the-pack teams. I think you're right, Marco. We've got Sampdoria right in the middle with 10th, 48 points, and Udinese in 12th with 45. Keep rolling on in the middle of the pack. We've got another exciting game with Sassuolo and Cagliari. This one finished another goal fest, guys. 6-2 in Sassuolo's favor. Di Francesco coaches like he wants that Roma promotion, and Boriello emerges from the pile of naked, writhing, mythical creatures to score an own goal. The first meeting saw a combined seven goals between these two teams, so you knew this one was going to be a bloodbath. Before the 12 Sassuolo fans in attendance could get to their seats and pull their shirts off, the Nero Verde were already up 3-0. Did you guys see in the crowd, there's like 50 people at this game and 45 of them had their shirts off? I mean, there was a lot of pale beer bellies and farmer's tans in the stadium. Looking around the stadium, I couldn't tell this was a Serie A match or a casting call for the live Italian version of King of the Hill. Seriously... I don't think the townspeople of Sassuolo got. I think. I mean. I think they got their dakes mixed up and were collectively disappointed to see Domenico Berardi and not a monster truck turning donuts and launching itself through the air. You know, over a, a string of Fiats and Alfa Romeos. I would fit right in to the crowd at the stadium. My Pace Stadium's last home game of 2016-17 is my element. Some Carhartt bibs and a few headbutts, and I'm starting a Sassuolo Club DC. <laughs> For the yeah. rest of the game, a bunch of players wanted around the pitch like they were playing a professional pickup game. The, they, the game had the same level of effort as basically the NBA All-Star game, except with regular professionals. Everyone except Manelli, who had my goal of the week in the seventh minute and a late goal line clearance with his team up 5-1, that's effort. You know, Manelli kind of looks like me at the end of Castaway. The first three goals by Sassuolo were sick, but awful defending. Calgary had three sweet-headed goals. Unfortunately, one of them was Borriello heading one into his own goal off a Sassuolo free, quit, free kick. The Quanger got in, guys. Han Quang Song, the North Korean player. Good for it, him, man. Um, say what you will about Di Francesco's quote-unquote disappointing season, but Sassuolo, otherwise known as the 1990s movie Cool Kid Soccer Star Team, are unbeaten in seven consecutive games. You know, Sassuolo's captain, Francesco Manielli, has become the embodiment of Sassuolo this season. He comes back strong after a five-month injury. 
that's basically the game. Calories terrible on the road. They've lost 14 games away. Cesspool, rip them 6-2. Boom. I really like Berardi's goal this week. I mean, just just a rip. And it's still showing that he's really a quality player. I still think he's going to leave next season. Yeah, I mean, M- Milan might have him as like third on the depth chart or something like that. And speaking of leaving, Di Francesco fired by promotion here. You guys, of the rumors, which we've already talked about, you guys excited for potentially Di Francesco or no as Roma fans? He's a, He was a Roma player. He has He's a Roman through and through. So, yes, I really like that idea. I think that it, it's going to be good. He's humble as well. So let the players play, man. You said it last week. The Roma's like the Golden State Warriors. You know, they have the squad – I think at this point, you got to get a player's coach in there that'll let you play. I'm saving, I'm sh- tabling my answer until he's actually the coach. Then, then I'll let you know my thoughts. Fair point. I, uh, I will just say, I think I'm going to miss Spalletti in the sense of not crazy about his substitutions, but I think he is a uh, good leader that has, has proven results. He's made it interesting against Juve. So I'll leave it there. We've got Sassuolo, 11th place, 46 points. And Cagliari, we've got all the way down there in 13th place with 44 points. We're moving on, and the danger zone, as we've said in previous weeks, keeps moving up the table because uh, more teams getting closer and closer to the danger zone. This one is between Torino and Genoa. Finished 2-1 Genoa's favor. Marco gets his wish of keeping the Derby della Lanterna. Marco, you want to give us give us one more, one more for the season. The danger Hats off to the Genoa faithful in this one, man. They turned up for a party to support their team in their final home game and their best chance to secure the points needed to stay up for another season, and they got their goal. Genoa needed these points. Because they're, next week they're heading into the buzzsaw that is Rome at the Olimpico, which is going to be Toti's last game, sellout. You know, Roma fired up. There's absolutely, in my opinion, no way that they're going to get any points in that game. Are you crazy right now, dude? I'm, I am. I'm, I got that crazy look in my eye. Jeez, saying stuff like that, man. I don't know. I don't know. Hey, man, I'm, I'm, I'm now a professional broadcaster and not just a fan, so I get to make hot takes. Thankfully... They were playing a Torino team, that being Genoa, that has decided they want to make Bonucci's son cry every weekend, and a Joe Hart that wants to smack the ice cream that Bonucci bought his crying kid out of his hand. Dude, Joe Hart was just awful again in this game. Who is this guy? He's just uh, disappointing. That's what he is. He's a play to disappointment and chips, Gaffna. Yeah, he gave an interview that's saying he was surprised by how competitive the Serie A was, but I got to be honest, man, I just, I love Joey Bag of Donuts, I love talking about him, but I got to say that Torino needs an upgrade at their goalkeeper position. He's awful, he's boiled mediocrity, man. But he's still the English national keeper, I haven't heard anything that he's not well, who's, off Well, who's list. the other option that England has? I Foster. Guess. Foster should be England's goalkeeper, effective immediately. Bolsta. Both goals were just really bad. 
I mean, the first one, he's totally out of position, gets a guy crossing in front of him in the goal and scoring a wide-open goal in his face. And the second one, a ball across, uh, going across the face of the goal, he gets a hand on it at a terrible angle because he can't react fast enough, and it goes straight to Simeone, who just taps it in. I mean, just absolutely off. Just tap it in. I mean, Yaich pulls one back in the 89th minute off a deflected free kick. I mean, guys, Torino sucks. They've managed only two points in the last four games. I mean, Torino plays Sassuolo next weekend at home. I mean, they should make Joe Hart play holding a broom, just being able to swing at it with swing at the ball, the broom. They should make him drive the team bus there and back and hand out towels in the shower after the game. That's all I got. All right, well, we'll leave it there. We've got Torino in ninth place with 50 points. Man, just <laughs> middle of the pack, Torino. Was expecting a lot more from them this year. And then we've got Genoa further down, saving themselves from relegation in this game. Enjoy it, Genovese. Igrifoni, enjoy it. 16th place, 36 points, clearly away from relegation, making it a two-horse race leading up to the last weekend. All right, we were talking about them before, and now we're going to bring them back. We've got Atalanta and Empoli this game. Atalanta, the fifth-place team, playing Empoli, who are playing for their lives. Ladea, doing just enough to keep this podcast salivating for an end-of-the-season relegation battle. Oh, yeah. Genoa may have escaped the danger zone, but Empoli still thrashing to stay in the Italian top flight. Fortunately for them, they run into an Atalanta with a dancing Papu Gomez, and he bags his 15th of the season in the first half. Dude, did you see his captain's armband in this game? Loved it. Loved it. Step-by-step, how-to, by La Como El Papu. I, like, had told you guys about this thing last year, last week, but I am, it's it's so catchy that I have been watching it. Oh, it's my ringtone, son. Yeah, it's really interesting. I made it Leslie's ringtone, too. It's Pepper. I bought Pepper a phone and made it his ringtone, too. Enjoying it. That's how the game would end. Uh, Not the best game, but definitely a roller coaster of emotions because Skorupski made some massive saves, especially one with a point-blank rip from Paloski. But this happened right after the prison yard bully Maciello makes two goal-line clearances from El Caduri, uh, allegedly Empoli's best player. (laughs) I said it was Macarone. Remember that? Macarone. Empoli keep the point advantage on the last day and they play Palermo in the last game of the season they should treat it like a game against Juventus minus the getting waxed out part Marco you're starting a leg of pro team tomorrow who do you pick first Macarone or El Caduri ah man you already know Big Mac all right even the the vegan version if it's a lowercase m with a apostrophe I get the number one on the McDonald's menu supersize it (laughs) All right. Well, they've made it interesting here because Atalanta continues in the top five, but Empoli, because they lost, Crotone, you got a chance here. We've got Empoli in 17th place, just one point above relegation and Crotone with 32 points, and Atalanta enjoying the Cinderella run, 69 points all the way up with fifth place. Empoli, get on your knees and blow the season, baby. Let us move on we're just gonna mention crotone they're still alive they need help this upcoming weekend but man i I haven't checked if the game's on tv yet but if it's a game to watch because there's so much riding on it It feels like a group stage game in the world cup they moved it to the prime time i think 
The Crotona game. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, hopefully be in. Uh, there's no interviews or something uh, uh, in the in La Liga that we're going to miss the game for it. <laughs> but uh, uh, hopefully we get to watch Crotona this weekend. Let's go Sharks. With that said, guys, we're just going to finish off quickly with the relegation zone. We've got two already, two teams already know they're going to get relegated, Pescara and Palermo. This one finished 2-0 in Pescara's favor. And we checked. There's not many interesting storylines here, so we're just going to say that was the result. They're both relegated to Serie B. We love Palermo. We love Pescara, but we, don't, we are a Serie A podcast. Pescara won three games this year. And one of those games, they didn't actually win. They lost 2-1, to one, but they were given the away win because of Ragusa, which I learned on my travels in Sicily is a town in Sicily. Very yes. good. Two wins, both after Zeman became coach. Keep in mind, we are all cheering for Palermo uh, this uh, upcoming weekend for Crouton Nation, Forza Palermo. Baccalini, bust out the tricks. That's right, that's right. So, with that in mind, we've got two teams going down. We wanted to mention we've got a promoted team as well, Hellas Verona. And for all the Seinfeld fans out there, it's like the Capulets and the Montagues. We've got Verona, the historic Shakespearean town. They've got their derby back. We've got Hellas Verona and Kievo Verona uh, playing each other again in Syria on next season. Did you see, uh, did you see Cassano saying he wants to play for Hellas Verona next year? I did Dying see that. to get back on the pitch. Love to play for Ellis Verona. Heck yeah, man. Bring them back. Cheers. Cheers. Why hide not? Your, hide your daughters and your wives. <laughs> yeah. All right. And so there you go, guys. We have torn up week 37. Well done. A uh, lot of stuff to cover this week, but uh, it was fun covering it. And we're just a few short days away from uh, experiencing the end of the season with some great races still going on. 4-4-2. Boriello, Cassano up top any team any team we need to think about what is your starting 11 italian casanova team listeners <laughs> fire it out reach out to us on social media who's your starting 11 casanova team <laughs> all right we'll look forward to that uh we got a lot to talk about next week uh i think that's it so please rate and comment on our podcast we'd love to hear from you guys and until no no next week last podcast of the regular season that's right stay tuned we're gonna have a bunch of other fun stuff to talk about season recap obvi we got some fun interviews i know we've been a while since we've been doing interviews but uh, we got some fun interviews coming up you're gonna love them that's right so look forward to that we won't be uh done for the summer we'll keep you entertained for the summer months until then until week 38 ragazzi diciamo we say Arrivederci. Ciao. Ciao.